You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's time now on America's Web Radio for Do Facts Matter with Professor Robert D'Agostino, who can't be here today. And we've got our good friend from New York, Mark the Shark, who is an attorney in New York. So he gets to see all of the stuff that's going on. And uh, just love New York. And, you know, I guess New York in some ways has a real problem. They come in second to Chicago and murders every weekend. Welcome to the show, Mark. Good afternoon, everybody. And you know, we were going, we were basically going to start out the show as, I don't know if any of you know, but there will be a show called Fight of Reality which will be hosted by me and my co-host Dave Moxley when he's available. And hopefully what we can do is bring a little bit of what the real world begins to see, what's going on. And being that today is September 10th, I figured that what we could do is start out the show a little bit, give you a little kind of recap of how did we get here today? Everybody was talking about Afghanistan, except for the mainstream media, but Afghanistan, as far as they know, is over. And it's okay, because Joe now pivoted to one of his other disasters that he's trying to handle. But I digress for a second. You know, I, I want to kind of point out that there's a definition of reality. And reality is defined, according to Merriam-Webster, as the world or the state of things as they actually exist as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. And I can tell you from that definition, we have an administration all the way down the line that is refusing to face reality. So I figured I'm going to start out a little bit today and give you a little bit of a history lesson. For those of you who have gone through the meek and meager educational system for 20 years, since 9-11, 2001, and really have no idea what really went on. You know, they want to take away the horrific images. They want to take away the blame. They want to teach it so it's sophisticated. They want to teach it so it's sanitized, so the horror of that day doesn't appear. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little bit of a history lesson here today. And if I can wake one person up to say, wait a second, they're lying to us. They're lying to us now. Then I've done my job. So let me give it to you this way. September 11, 2001, at about, I think it was 8.45 a.m., a clear Tuesday morning, American Airlines Boeing 767, loaded with about 20,000 gallons of fuel, crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. The impact left a gaping, burning hole nearly 80 floors and up. 10-story skyscraper, 110-story skyscraper, instantly killing hundreds of people, and it trapped hundreds more on the higher floors. As the evacuation of the towers and its twin got underway, television cameras broadcasted the live images of what was initially appeared to be a freak accident. They didn't realize what had actually happened that day. They somehow thought on a clear blue Tuesday that a giant aircraft had hit the Twin Towers. And unfortunately, 18 minutes after the first plane hit, the second Boeing 767, United Airlines Flight 175, appeared out of the sky, 
turned sharply towards the World Trade Center, slicing into the South Tower at about the 16th floor. The collision obviously caused a massive explosion and showered burning debris all around the surrounding area and onto the streets. It was now apparent, and in fact you heard it on the news, some of the commentators realized what was going on. We were under attack. They asked, who were these people? The hijackers were Islamic terrorists from Saudi Arabia and several other Arab nations. They were reportedly financed, funded, and trained by Al-Qaeda. Recognize that name? The terrorist organization of the Saudi fugitive Osama bin Laden. They were allegedly attacking in retaliation for America's support of Israel, its involvement in the Persian Gulf War, and its continued military presence in which they objected to in the Middle East, and pretty much anything else that they could concoct and construct. Some of the terrorists had lived in the United States for more than a year. Think about the vetting process going on now. And they had taken flying lessons at American commercial flight schools. Others had slipped into the country before September 11th for two months and acted as the quote-unquote muscle in the operation. These 19 terrorists were easily able to smuggle on board our aircraft, box cutters, knives, through the security at three East Coast airports and boarded early morning flights bound for California. You wonder why California flights? Because they were transcontinental journeys. They had fuel, tons and tons of fuel, gallons and gallons, nearly 20,000 gallons. They planned well. Soon after the takeoff, the terrorists commandeered the four planes and took controls, transforming what would be an ordinary passenger jet into basically what was a guided missile. As I watched and as we watched the events unfolding in New York, American Airlines Flight 77 circled over downtown Washington, D.C., before it, too, crashed into the west side of the Pentagon military headquarters at approximately 9.45 a.m. of that morning. Jet fuel from the burning Boeing 757 caused a devastating inferno, which led, in fact, to the collapse, structurally, of a portion of the giant concrete impenetrable Pentagon. This was the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense. As hundreds of military personnel flew, they flew away from the building. There were 64 people aboard that airliner that were killed that day. Less than 15 minutes after the terrorists struck the nerve center, the U.S. military they took a catastrophic turn when the south tower of the World Trade Center collapsed in a massive cloud of dust and smoke. Think about that for a second. The Twin Tower had collapsed. The structural steel of the skyscraper, which was built mechanically to withstand up to 200 mile an hour winds, could not stand the unconventional attack. At 10.30 a.m., the north building of the Twin Towers also collapsed. Only six people in the World Trade Center towers at the time of the collapse, of almost 10,000 others, they were all treated for injuries. There were many, many severe injuries. And then the third tragedy that day, what some call the beginning of the war against terrorism, 
a fourth California-bound plane, United Flight 93, was hijacked about 40 minutes after leaving Newark Liberty International Airport out of New Jersey. Because that plane had been delayed in taking off, miraculously, the passengers on board of that flight, 93, had already known about the two aircraft that had crashed into the Twin Towers and the one into the Pentagon. When they learned of this, they knew that the aircraft was not returning to the airport as the hijackers had claimed when they took the plane. One of the passengers, Thomas Burnett Jr., told his wife over the phone, they had an air phone there, that I know we're all going to die. But he said, there are three of us who are going to do something about it. And he said to his wife, his wife, I love you, honey. But another passenger, Todd Beamer, who was the infamous words that we will hear over and over again over the open line of the phone. Are you guys ready? Let's roll. Apparently, the passengers fought before the hijackers were able to take that plane and crash it into whatever they were thinking of, possibly the White House, possibly the Capitol. So they busted through into the cabin. And it's alleged from the black box that that plane had flipped over and sped towards the ground at 500 miles per hour, crashing into a rural field near Shanksville, PA, at 10.10 a.m. All 44 brave souls aboard that flight were killed. Now, they set up a memorial in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But more importantly, let's go through a little bit about what the death toll was and why why we ever went to Afghanistan. The death toll on 9-11 was a total of 2,996 people. That includes the 19 terrorist hijackers aboard the four planes. It was a microcosm of the world. The world citizens of over 78 countries died in New York, Washington, D.C., and Pennsylvania on that day. At the World Trade Center, more than 2,763 people died after the two planes slammed into the Twin Towers. That figure also includes 343 firefighters and paramedics and 23 New York City police officers, 37 Port Authority officers as they were struggling to get an evacuation going. They ran towards the danger, not away. Think about it the next time you want to defund something. Think about it the next time you want to call them something, other than heroes that they are. Let that sink in. They ran into the buildings on 9-11-2001. Are they still the enemy? You think they're still the enemy? Try again, folks think they're the bad guys or the people who are alleging that cops are the bad guys and the police shoot people for no reason just complete moronic imbeciles they do not deserve police protection as they take it away from others look at who you voted for next time you pull that lever and ask do they had private security while they defunded your police you know at 7 p.m. on that day Without a teleprompter, unscripted event, what became known as the pile president, George W. Bush, who had been in Florida at the time he was first notified of this terrorist attack. He came up with 
America's enduring freedom operation. And his immortal words, and he stood on that pile with a bullhorn, and he said, can you hear me? And they yelled back, and he said, I can hear you. And the people who knocked down these buildings will soon hear from all of us. Think about that. Can you picture Joe Biden saying that? No, you can't. You know why? Because it's not Joe Biden. You bought the wrong thing. We hunted the mastermind, Osama bin Laden. And up until May 2nd, 2011, we found him in Abbottabad, Pakistan, at his compound. And we got him. We got him. Who got him? The special forces, because you had somebody who sent them there. They didn't withdraw. They didn't move back. They don't know how to do that. They went forward. Now, once we got out and got Osama bin Laden, on their way out when they lost one of their stealth helicopters, guess what they did? They blew it up, people. They didn't leave it there for Osama and his cronies that were left there to go take a look at it. His dead corpse was dragged out of there. And they say it was buried at sea. Now, a lot of this information was sourced through various sites. History Channel, I want to shout out to them. FBI website, when they were actually doing their job. And several others that I hate to use, government websites. When you put it all together. You know, now we've tried to wind down our Afghanistan involvement. And I know you're going to hate it, but I'm going to use the word. President Trump had the right idea. It's time to get out. It's time to move on, folks. We've done what we did. We should have started getting out of there in 2011 more forcefully. But lo and behold, President Trump saw what he needed to do. And miraculously, when you have a real president whose words are believed, who our enemies fear, and our allies can rely upon, President Trump had that entire country of Afghanistan under control with just 2,500 troops. Now you ask yourself, what happened after that? Assuming that Biden is currently the president, because we're either not sure whether or not he's in charge, because people keep telling him what to do. That's not what a president does. But he is the guy who is supposed to be in charge of this. So we must understand that this debacle, it wasn't President Trump. It's not our military forces on the ground. None of those. You know who it is? As Joe Biden said, the buck stops here. Well, this buck was a Mack truck, and it parked right in front of the White House. And guess what? This is his problem. This is his doing. This is his fault. Now, what did Trump say? Trump said, yes, we're going to get out. Yes, we talked to the Taliban, because inevitably, they're the only force that's going to stand. After $2 trillion in 20 years, you would think that our geniuses in charge of this country, over four presidencies would be able to construct a military that might stand up more than 11 days. But unfortunately, reality is different. They might tell you that they knew that this was going to happen. Biden's team, they planned for every contingency, except for the one where they failed to plan. 
Now, a plan to plan is not a plan at all. It's nothing. It's useless. And 13 of our service members paid that price. So let's look at a little bit further. Mark, we got a break. We'll take a short break. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero. That you You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. How are you doing again? We're back. Thank you for listening, and I hope that we can continue on. Well, I was getting to the fact now, now that you've had the little bit of history and the horror that happened that day. I mean, we in New York, we experienced it firsthand, and our country kind of caught up with us hours later. But we're going to get into the fact right now about what went wrong in Afghanistan. Besides initially going there to try to nation-build, and we haven't learned our lessons. We haven't learned our lessons from Vietnam and a lot of other places that we're still in. But not going there for just today, because we'll explore that in reality in future events. But we were sold a package. If you recall back to Joe Biden's running for president, what was Joe Biden? Well, we knew it was 50 years of experience. And let me just kind of Focus everybody's attention on what actually happened during that election. You didn't see the president elect. You didn't see Joe Biden. What you saw is a mirage. What you saw is an image. And I was discussing this with Dave earlier. And I said, what we kind of had in this election was we had the liberal media, which is destroying this country, but that's another show, taking on the American public and the reality of what we live day by day. And what they said to us is, everything Donald Trump has done is bad, and everything that this president, Joe Biden, is going to do is going to be good. So after four years of them attacking President Donald Trump, always, no matter what the guy did, if the guy walked on water, you'd see on the 6 o'clock news as the opening of the show, Donald Trump can't swim. They never told you what he was doing to the country. And I, I will tell him this, and I'll, I'll direct my comments right now to Donald Trump. Hopefully, you're still in the game. 
and hopefully you still love this country and see the direction it's going down, the circular toilet bowl. And maybe bring back to this country a sense of the reality of what we are. I'm tired after over a year of having to apologize for everything America has done. If America is such a horrible place, why is everybody in this world trying to get in here? Why does everybody want to be in America? I'll tell you why. Because only the educational, moronic system that we put our children through taught them. Hate America. Hate what we are. Hate what we did. You know, I try to keep my cool on some of these occasions when I think about this. But we got bamboozled. America, you got bamboozled. What happened was they showed you a nice, shiny, big box. Nicely wrapped, had beautiful wrapping paper, had lots of bows on it. And they said, see, see, this is what you can have. This is what you can have instead of the big, bad President Trump. They never told you what Trump did that was bad, but they always told you he was bad. It's kind of like what they're doing to Larry Elder in California with Newsom. You know, you can't support the idiot in charge, Newsom, so you attack the guy who's trying to take him out and make California better. But that same thing what they did with Biden is it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Every news station is on board with the same principle. Keep them in the basement. Don't let them speak. Don't let them say anything. Don't let the people find out what they're buying. Continue to show them the bright, shiny new box with all the bows and ribbons on it and tell them how wonderful it's going to be when they open it up on Christmas morning. Well, guess what? We have been unpacking that box. First, when we got to the box, we found it wasn't as shiny and new as we thought. In fact, it was old. It was washed up. The paper was ripped. The bows were malformed. In fact, it looked like it had been wrapped by a two-year-old with scotch tape all over the place. But it was the box they showed us. And we said, well, wait a second. Okay, let's, you know, all right. So the wrapping wasn't what they told us it would be. So now we took a look and we said, okay, let's open the wrapping. Let's see what's inside the box. And he was sworn in January 20th. The great uniter is here. Thank goodness America is saved. I'm sorry, but when somebody's saving me, I don't want them stabbing me in the back. That's not usually healthy. So what did we have? We opened up the box and we found some things in there. It was empty of all the promises that they told us. But what was in there was very interesting. It was 50 years of bad decisions, 50 years of poor and malformed ideas and concepts, 50 years of telling people in different rooms different stories to get their votes. That's what we began to found. That's what we began to found. We found it in this box. There it was. So there's no short answer why we fell to the empty box. But I'll tell you, I think I have some suspicions. When you have an independent media, you have a better country. When you have a liberal media that follows every path and every line, whether or not it leads down to a tunnel with a train coming at us from the other end, it doesn't matter. The media controls the narrative. Now, 
I didn't intend to talk a little bit about it, but we fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And what they do, the media, is very interesting. They hide behind Section 230. They say, well, Section 230, what the heck is that? That says where a platform of media cannot be held liable. And liable means I can't sue their butts for the stuff that's all over their website if they're just a platform. So they don't control what's on their platform. But there are some rules, and the rules are if it's hateful or if it incites violence, unless, of course, it's Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, that's okay. They all get in your face, kind of make them uncomfortable, make them know they're not wanted, get in their face. Uh, that's okay, because it's a D for Democrat. So when you look at these things and you say, okay, well, that's not too bad. We can even live with that a little bit. But I'd like one of our listeners to explain to me, because I'm baffled. I've searched everywhere. I've searched up and down. And I consider myself to be a pretty educated person, although the, the educational system really needs to be changed. It needs to be upgraded. It needs to be realistic. But I went through the system. And I cannot find anywhere where it says that the Taliban who chopped people's heads off. Anybody remember Daniel Pearl? How about setting people on fire in cages? Yes, that's right. Remember that? Oh, that's right. That didn't happen because it's four days ago, right, Joe? So don't worry about that. It's four days ago. But the reality is we need to achieve something here. What are we doing? What are we thinking? Okay, so America spent $2 trillion, about 2,700 service members, thousands of severely injured service members, all in a fight. And what did we just do? Think about this for a second. The next time you feel useless in life, think about this for a second. The United, Spa the United States spent $2 trillion, and all of our young service members injured, killed, to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, Joe Biden. What were we thinking? Seriously, we weren't. That's the problem. We didn't live in the real world. We left Lincoln, Lincoln, and Nod in charge with Joe Biden. And Dave, you can speak to this also. You're in the military. What do you call a general who's a politician and doesn't support his military forces? <laughs> uh, fired? <laughs> well, I could see all the firings taking place in the Biden administration. Right. The, the bottom line, what we did here, and, and, and we'll get, you know, we're kind of at that point where I can sort of get into the current events here. You know, Unfortunately, we lost 13 U.S. service members because we have idiots in charge. And not one of those idiots has resigned. And that tells me one of two things. And, and Dave and I had talked about this earlier, is they either are conceptually inadequate, they're inept at their jobs, or they became political pawns. 
Dave was enlightening me a lot about generals and some of the things that they really care about. If it's a two-star general, they care to get that third star. If it's a four-star general, they want the next one. They all are looking upward. And I can understand that. But at the cost of what? What is the cost to us? You want to know what the cost was? We gave up a country, and we put the enemy. You can call them anything you want. I heard Jen Psaki the other day, and it made my blood boil. She called them businesslike and professional. The people who were running around the streets beating women with hoses, shooting people, beheading people, hunting Americans that we left there. They're businesslike and professional. At being a terrorist, Jen Psaki, where is your president? Where is Joe Biden? You know why Joe Biden's walking away? You know why the best picture of our president you see is the back of his freaking head? I'll tell you why. Because he has no answers. At the beginning, he tried to rely on Donald Trump. Donald Trump signed the deal with the Taliban. I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by that one. Okay? But what was the signed deal? The deal was when we're ready to go, we go. It's a conditions-based withdrawal. Not fleeing the burning building. So what did Joe Biden do? I'll tell you exactly what he did. Him and the idiots in charge, they decided September 11th, the 20th anniversary, was going to be our photo op. This was going to solidify his next election if he lasts that long. This was going to make him the president. Okay. So what did he do? He either had inadequate information which I doubt. We've been there 20 years. We actually had boots on the ground. Or he made a decision. And his decision was, we're out. We're gone. Trump had 2,500 troops controlling the entire country. And you know why? Not because of the 2,500 troops that were phenomenal. But in addition to that, they knew that if they stepped out of line, he'd stick his finger in their chest and say, guess what? Here comes 59 Tomahawk missiles flying right at you. Good morning. Because there was something behind that. You know, the very famous president said, speak softly and carry a big stick. Joe Biden is, take your stick and let's run. That should be his new famous statement. Run while we still can. You know, Mark, get to the point where you're you you are doing and i want to compliment you now one heck of a job and you know it i'm sitting here listening and i remember i remember exactly what i was doing when i heard the first plane had crashed into the tower and then i immediately went home or went well i was at the office and then i immediately went home and turned on tv and got my wife and said you know we got to watch this Something's, you know. And uh, when the second plane hit the tower, I said, I don't know what's going on, but it's something big. I got to go get the boys. And this is history going on. And, you know, you look at Biden and you look at Trump and the actions that they've taken. And Trump, you knew if he said he was going to break your nose, he was going to break your nose. And you look at Biden, and no matter what he says, he's unbelievable. 
and nobody he doesn't is, have the background. He doesn't have the the, the sensibility, and and you can't blame him entirely because honestly, I think he is checked out. I, I am hundred percent convinced he's checked out. They can pump him full of all the drugs for the fifteen minutes that he's up in front of the teleprompter, but. You know what? Like I said, the best picture we have of our president is the back of his head as he's leaving. Yeah, and then he's prompted to do that. You said all you should do, leave. And he and does. I, I, <laughs> I, I am just amazed that and the, the media follows this. And I really thought the media would step up after our 13 service members were killed. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read those 13 names right now to remind people. The Marine Corps Lance Corporal David Espinosa was 20 years old out of Rio Bravo, Texas. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole G., 23, Roseville, California. Marine Corps Sergeant Staff Sergeant Darren Taylor Hoover, 31, of Utah. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Knauss, 23, Corrington, Tennessee. Marine Corporal Lance Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22, of Indio, California. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, 20, Jackson, Wyoming. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, 20, of Rancho Cucamonga, California. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, 20, of Norco, California. Marine Corps Corporal Dagan William Tyler Page, 23, of Omaha. Marine Corps Sergeant Johanny Rosario, 25, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Marine Corps Corporal Humberto Sanchez, 22, of Logansport, Indiana. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmidt, 20, of Wentzville, Missouri. And Navy Hospital Corpsman Max Soviak, 22, of Berlin Heights, Ohio. What happened, Joe Biden? What happened? What went wrong? You know... You know Mark, the thing that strikes me as I was listening to you reading their names, those 13 took the same oath that Biden did, or Biden, I should say, took the same oath that heroes did. And which ones of them lived up to their obligation? You know, unfortunately, it's always the guy on the ground who takes the brunt of the stupidity and they always used to say if old men had to go to war, there'd be no more wars. Every one of those individuals, every one of those service members, the Gold Star families now. This is what America is about. The selfless giving. You know, they talk to a Marine at the Trade Center. And on 9-11, 2001, he grabbed his uniform and ran into... The Trade Center. He ran to the pile because it was already down by the time he got there. And all of the fire department people were saying, okay, everybody, you've got to come off the pile. We don't know what's going on. We could shift anything else. And he turned around and he said, this is my duty. And you know what? He actually found a police officer. He actually found somebody in the rubble and rescued him. This is what our military does. These are people who understand that the sum of the parts is greater than the parts themselves. 
We don't teach this in school anymore. We don't teach anything but idiocy lately in school. When you start taking the Pledge of Allegiance out of school, in the moment of silence, and you start teaching kids that America is bad, America is ungrateful, you get ungrateful kids. You know, I just saw something right before we went on air that was very disturbing to me. They did interviews of college kids on campuses and how they think that they should talk about 9-11. And the overwhelming disturbing fact was is that it's too brutal. They should teach it. They shouldn't blame who did it. They should just tell you what happened instead of who did it, why they did it, because that's not important. Hmm. You know, it, it may create Islamophobia. Well, I don't know if you call it Islamophobia, but somebody better wake these kids up because the real world is the real world. It's a reality we all live in. They don't get to choose their little bubble of school. You know, my grandfather used to tell me that four years of college was just to keep us out of the workforce so that we could have fun for four years. It wasn't reality. It wasn't realistic. And he was right. It's not realistic. It's not reality. When kids these days get out of college, they're clueless as to what's going on. You know, they taught you to think. You know, and no, they did not. That's where you and I have talked about this before, where the indoctrination really starts is in college. Then they take it down to high school. High school, then you got the teachers that graduated and are teaching elementary school, and they're indoctrinating our our kids in the elementary school and junior high school. And there is, you know, there is no reality on a college campus. And you get a professor that starts talking about or teaching our teachers the socialistic reality, which is not real. And but the problem is, is that the left has mobilized oh, and definitely. has coagulated. And they are, I'll give you a quick example, which just happened in the last couple of days, and, and, and kind of take it full circle. Larry Elder and Gavin, and Gavin Newsom out in California. Larry Elder is the Republican front runner, it looks like. And he also is an African-American. I don't know if you could say black anymore or not, but he's an African-American, okay? And he was attacked the other day by some little female on a bicycle with, a, a, I guess, a bunch of other people with eggs, throwing eggs at him. And nothing, nothing has been done. You know, how many FBI agents were sent all over the country when something of a hate crime took place against a black individual? How many FBI's were sent? How many FBI agents went? When they had that NASCAR incident, which turned out not to be a NASCAR incident at all, with the alleged noose in the, in the garage, which had been a pole handle, but again showing the incompetence of our FBI Bureau investigations. So how many FBI agents were sent there? Clearly, this is a hate crime. Larry Elder is African-American, and it was a white girl. But she was wearing a mask. And she attacked him. And not only did she attack him, but she also slapped the face of one of his security guys or one of his accompanying people. 
So how many people are being assigned to that case? Now, turn this around for a second. Let's say one of these Oath Keeper guys or one of these other white groups, okay, or a bunch of white people came to Gavin Newsom and started attacking him. You would have the entire law enforcement community mobilized against finding that person. And you say to me, no, that wouldn't happen. Well, okay, let's look at January 6th, okay? When people, and granted, listen, I'm not condoning what they did. I understand their frustration, and anybody who doesn't understand their frustration, I'm, I feel really sorry for you, but they breached the Capitol. 90% of them, if not more, were nonviolent. They broke through, these front people, they went in, and they walked around. They were taking pictures. There were hundreds of FBI agents assigned to this case. In fact, I was reading some of the complaints in the case. These guys spent months following these people around in their hometowns to make sure it was them. I mean, I've never heard of You'd think that this guy had committed atrocities. That they chased them. That they chased these people around. But during that particular time, there was about a million and a half dollars worth of damage. During the Black Lives Matter riots, it was one and a half to two billion dollars worth of damage. Cities ruined. City blocks ruined. People's businesses ruined. How many FBI agents arrested these people? How many FBI agents tracked them down? Guess what? Little to no prosecutions. And when they did catch up with the persons who finally did something like set buildings on fire and they were able to identify them, guess what? They got light sentences because they were just blowing off some steam. It was a mostly peaceful protest. Listen, people, you got to get your heads going in the same direction as your butts. you got to figure out when they're feeding you the poop. Okay? When you see it coming, you got to know. you got to take a listen. All right? Use your brains. I'm not asking you to do something you don't do every day. Okay? When you wake up in the morning, do you want the government to tell you which clothes to pick out? Yes, yeah, some of us do. Some of us like that. You know, others of us want to be Americans. You know, reality is something that you can form yourself. Don't believe everything you're told and understand what you're being told. When you're being sold the Kool-Aid, hey, wake up. You want to take a taste? Okay. If it doesn't taste right, question it. Use the American power of questioning things. Don't accept everything for what it is. When you do that, you are no better than the piece of dirt that you're walking on because you're not thinking. You want to be an American or you don't want to be an American. And I hope, and I hate to say this, but if you don't want to be here, leave. The door opens both ways. Nobody's making you stay in this country. But if you stay in this darn country, you better love it because that's what this country is about. You better love your fellow citizens and you better push to do, you know, ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country. Remember that guy? Remember Kennedy? Yeah, guess what? He was a Democrat. You need to wake up, people. You need to understand what's going on around you. And it's not. It's time to stop talking about it, but it's time to start doing something. Okay? You can do things. You can get involved. You know, amazingly enough, 
people found out what their kids were being taught in schools during the pandemic. So if there was ever a silver lining to this demonstrably horrible thing that's occurring, the pandemic, it, it made people realize what was going on, what their kids were being taught, what was going on in their schools behind their backs, which they had no clue about. Why? Because some of the teachers even went as far as saying, don't go home and tell your mothers. Don't tell your fathers. Don't discuss it with your parents. Can you believe teachers say that and still have their job the next day? Hmm. Listen, the majority of teachers are great people. What their curriculum is, is a questionable thing. It's a real problem. You know, Mark, following through with what you're saying, is that there's two things or three things that drive me nuts. One, taking prayer out of schools, taking the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools, and taking our flag out of schools. And I think that this is, you know, it's like the old saying, build your house on sand and a storm comes along where you're going to be. Build your house on a rock and it'll weather the storm. Well, we have some things that are like rocks. One is our flag. Another one's our constitution. Another one's our Pledge of Allegiance. And I, as you were talking about... Um, the kids being asked in college, you know, what what does tomorrow mean? I'm surprised they found anybody that even knew what tomorrow was all about. And you know, it, it's 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 horrible. You're right. It's horrible. This you is know, what's got to change. It, it it has to change, and the and the point is, David has to change now. It's got to change now. We cannot let this continue to fester. This is an infection. This is a complete and outrageous infection of the American culture, of the American liberties, of the American freedom. And I'm pretty sure the Constitution, and I've read it at least several times, it doesn't say not available or not applicable during a pandemic. <laughs> You're I right. Checked. It doesn't say that anywhere. You know, I tell you what, let me, this is a good good uh, place to say if you are listening and we would appreciate it if you're joining as a patron to America's Web Radio you can go to our front page and uh, just click on patron and you can see and if you become a even a bronze patron that's the lowest level we'll send you a pocket constitution and you said you'd read it several times. I try to read it at least once every couple of months because it's such an amazing document and covers so many things. And if you'd like to uh, get your own pocket constitution, we'll send you one. Become a bronze uh, patron, and it's in the mail. We had that happen yesterday, as a matter of fact. By the time we had gotten the guy's information... The stamps had already been put on the envelope, and it was in the mail. Well, I'll tell you, Dave, we need the support. We need the support of the people. If you're listening to this show, understand that without your support, it doesn't happen. You know, you see the liberal loonies donating everything. They donate left, right, and center. Why? Because they've taken over. Is that what you want to live in? 
if you don't let us know that you support what's going on and the programs that we bring to you, how are we going to know? Do you want us to go liberal? Not happening here, but okay. No. <laughs> it was a thought for a second. It's gone. But you probably want to get involved. And why I say probably, because right now everything you believe in is slipping away. It's quicker than you think. It's kind of like the Biden administration. The Taliban will never take over Afghanistan. Tick, 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 11 days later, bam. Oh, oh, they're in charge now. We knew that was going to happen. We had a contingency for that. What what part of the contingency did you have? Well, you know, it reminds me of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I have a plan. Well, what part of a plan do you have? Like uh, 12%. That's not even a plan. That's a thought. So we turned around. I know we're getting back into it because I can't wait. We turned around and we ran out of Afghanistan. It's like a fireman running to the fire to getting the truck in his gear. What do you normally do in an evacuation? Because at that point, it was an evacuation and not an abomination, which it became. You take your citizens, you find out who they are. They had all this biometric data. For 20 years, we had people put their lives on the line with us. We had translators. We had Afghanis. Everybody was with us. They tried to turn that country around. Apparently, the only guy who wasn't with us was the president of Afghanistan, but that's okay. He was an American-educated guy. There you go. There's a plug. You know, it's kind of like the the National Security Advisor is a product of Yale University. Yeah, put that on your advertising posters. Why don't you? So we ran out of there. Well, what did we forget to do? That's right. We forgot to take the people we came with. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, let's go back. Well, we got out 123,000 people, I heard from Jen Saki at the podium. We evacuated 123,000 people. That's pretty impressive. That's the most impressive airlift in history. It's a full success. Okay, great. Um, can we get a uh, manifest? Uh, no, you can't have that right now. Well, how many Americans? Uh, we, don't, we don't have exact numbers. How about a ballpark number? Well, uh, we don't have that either. You know, I felt like it was Abbott and Costello all over again. So what did they bring out? Well, approximately only 5 to 6%, and they're not even sure today, were American. And how about the SIVs, the Special Immigrant Visa Holders? Well, we don't know. Well, Jen, could you tell us who the other people were? Uh, we brought 123,000 people out. Yeah, Jen, but okay. Who are the 123,000? Yes, they are. Okay, so now the double speak. Now we start to get the redefining things. Who did we bring out? We have no freaking clue who we brought out. Let's get realistic. The people who pushed to the front of the gate. Or, by the way, what I suspect is the people who the Taliban pushed to the front of the gate got on. What better of a plan to destroy America than to send over your own terrorists on a, an evacuation airlift? You know, Mark, a, I, just, America? I just had a thought that if we wanted to manifest or find out who they brought out, all we really have to do is go down to our southern border, and as they're coming in illegally, 
you know, check them for the rockets that they're carrying in and uh, check them at our border as they cross illegally. My biggest fear is that half of those people on that flight shouldn't be here. And the people that are sitting on that runway, the six aircraft still sitting there. And listen, you can argue about whether or not we left them there, whether or not they wanted to come out. But we have six aircraft full of people waiting to get out there now. And guess what? We are beholden to wait. Here it comes. Wait for it. Wait for it. The Taliban. Our security force, the Taliban. Well, that seems kind of stupid, doesn't it? Why isn't our military there? Oh, that's right. We pulled them out first before we took out our evacuees. The, the concept of what they did is so back, you know what? It, it is so destructively disastrous. It's a humongous error in, in not only judgment, and I, and I hate to use the word operational planning because clearly they had no plan. And every one of those generals who sat down at that table with Biden and didn't agree with him, if there was one stand-up guy, he should resign. He should resign immediately and separate himself from the, the stupid, stupid tall tale they're telling. I mean, if he wants us to believe that they took out the people that wanted to come out, the Americans, and that, oh, I don't know. Now, first we had 100 left. Then we had 500 left. Now, from the forces that are on the ground now, our retired military who are going back in, privately funded, and having to go around the Taliban and the State Department. I've heard tales of the State Department preventing them from leaving. We don't have a proper manifest. I'm sorry, you took 123,000 people out of that country. You have no clue who's on that plane. Now, our operators go in there, our retired operated military men put themselves in harm's way because you're too stupid of a government to do it the right way, and now you want to stop them from coming here? You know why? Because you don't want to be embarrassed. Joe Biden and his cronies, winking, winking and nodding there. I mean, it's just absolutely insane that this that this country, that, you know, they say his his, <laughs> and I and I hate to use the word poll, his polls are underwater. What I really want to know, Dave, is who are the thirty-five to forty percent of Americans who think he's doing a good job? Hmm. Are they a product of this new educational system? Because my dog thinks he's doing a bad job. <laughs> You know, the other thing that uh, you and I have talked about, that when he walks off and he says, well, they they say, and he's got his book with him, Biden, and he says, well, I can't answer that, or they say I shouldn't talk about that, and then he walks off. Who are they? Who is running this government? Well, that's the big question. And, you know, if we had a legitimate media, they would be asking that question. But we don't have a legitimate media. We have somebody who gets faxes or emails. Or they probably send faxes because emails are subpoenable. So if they sent the fax, it says, don't ask this question. Don't talk about this. What the word of the day is. Okay? Shen Saki stood up there. And I, I think it was, um, oh gosh, Peter Ducey of Fox News right. asked the question. Are they stranded? And she went off on him. 
calling him out, using the word stranded is ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. You're spreading malicious lies. Three days later, wait a second, if they're, you have to ask the Taliban for permission. And I'm concerned, quite frankly, about the deals that are being cut under the table because Biden was right on board with the billions of dollars that we paid in the middle of the night via cash and an unmarked plane to the, the Tehran there. Okay, so the tyrannical Iran, for the mullahs, we paid them billions of dollars. How much is he paying off the Taliban to let these people go? We'll never know that. You know, it, it's a sad state of affairs when our government that promised us clarity, that promised us normalcy, that promised us that transparency, more than transparency than you've ever seen. What we didn't understand is transparency of the lies. They're telling us lies, folks. They're not telling us the truth. And again, going back to it's a bite of reality. They're not giving you that. They're giving you malicious garbage. They're giving you things that are made up. You know, it's the old story. Don't look at my right hand where the quarter is. Look at my left hand. There's nothing in it. Okay, you can't we gotta misdirect wrap it the American up. people. Eventually, we will figure it out, no matter what and despite what the media is lapping around. You know, it, it's our citizens are smart people when they're given the right information. And the, the problem is that this administration is stuck in stupid, stuck in stupid gear. Got to wrap it. Well, you, know, you just can't say any better, but. I would tell you this. The show is going to be what's called Bite of Reality. And every week I'm going to try to take you to a point and a position where things that didn't appear real in the news are going to be brought out here. People who need to be continually told to breathe shouldn't listen to the show because you're probably not going to make it. This is going to be a platform for reality. It's going to be the world as it is, not the way the Biden administration thinks it is, nor the idiots in charge of this country right now. Got to go, Mark. And it's going to bring you to a point where reality is what you need to understand. Out of time. So that's it for the week. Everybody have a great weekend. And please remember, tomorrow, say a prayer, moment of silence. Whatever you do in your religion, for those 3,000 people that were killed on that day. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.